and welcome once again to What's the Damage, companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular actual play D&D stream, Roll for Damage. We're trying, and therefore no one should criticize us. So, an exciting little side adventure for the Shields of Twilight on Friday, uh, as their trip to the library proved to be much more full of intrigue and danger um, than you would generally expect a trip to the library to be. Uh, the hunt for missing scholar led them to the mysterious portal which opened to a huge extra-dimensional mansion, one belonging to a famous and powerful sorcerer. The promise of knowledge and danger drew them into the depths of the mansion as they searched for the missing puzzle pieces needed to escape. Uh, they met a cat, had lunch, almost traded their life force for a cool axe, fought a ghost, um, someone did die, but it wasn't a big deal and did not stop the shields from snagging themselves a library card, so that's okay. Um, and we'll be talking about all of that in just a moment. Um, and then a bit later, we'll be talking about what it takes to create an immersive atmosphere in your game. As always, stick around after the stream for interesting stuff, useful links, and cool places to send your money. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. Uh, we've got some wonderful guests for you today. We've got our favorite DM, Serenity, back on the stream again. She's always on the stream, but usually we can't see her. We've got Tick, who plays Sinric, and we've got Khalil, who plays Baltaim. So, uh, you guys. A strong word. I don't know if we're wonderful guests. Okay, the media for cast. Yes, I'm I'm wonderful. Cast. Yes, I, hey, I'm, I'm some, wonderful. Of us, some of us are wonderful. I don't know if we can. I, I apologize deeply for trying to hype you guys. Next time I'll be like my fucking terrible friends. I, I, I'm a, I'm a I'm equally okay with that. Let's, let's turn let's turn uh, Baltim's cam off. Yeah. I'm I'm a <laughs> mediocre guess at best. So you know, just fixing that for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> like next stream I'm just gonna be like, I'm sorry I couldn't find better guests. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> nowhere to go but up. <laughs> Sorry guys, exactly. we bargain bargain basements. Yeah, I'm I'm improving everyone else's talent by looking worse, you know. Yeah, it's like I, I found these guys. I found this guy at a yard sale for like five bucks. You know? I can't it's remember where I found him, man. It was like off the street somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think he just showed up like a stray cat. You know, you know. I got I gotta use what I'm given. Showbiz. Um. Anyway, hi guys. Um. You had 
a fun little trip to a cool little mansion. What's the damage this time? Nothing but good stuff. There was no damage. Well, not to us. Damage. It was a little damage. Yeah, to other people. Well, yeah. Act, well, to, to Quinn's psyche. But, you know, we don't talk about that. A little bit to Oriana. Yeah. Yeah, she'll get over it. But, yeah, that happens. <laughs> she happens, guys. Awesome. No, we so, found a new friend. Uh, we found a new chair. I mean, you know, it was good stuff. Yeah, I kind of expected that chair to pay off in the end, like checkout's gone, but it didn't come back. <laughs> a little sad. To it. No one tried to send it. Ball time, I was counting on you to try and send it, but you didn't. Tight. He was so close, but he got the warning. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. It's even just a changed man now. Saltane's growing character growth. He's just gonna poke things from now on. From afar. Wonderful. So, Serenity, I know you love puzzles and mazes and things like that. How excited were you for the um for the game to get to this mystery mansion? Um I was excited. I was worried because if you remember when Baltaim and uh, and Oriana first went in, mm -hmm. um, they po potentially could have found this. And Oriana already had heard a okay. little bit about it. Uh, and right, I was yeah. really worried uh, if they went in, they weren't going to be getting out and the time dilation mm -hmm. was going to be a real problem. Um, it's very complicated. <laughs> Oh man, um, that could have been. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and it was it was it was distinctly a possibility. Um, and uh, and you know, just one of those things of D and D. So that was there for them. But luckily, both of them decided when they were um, uh, uh, messaged by their group to like come help. Uh, they were like, okay, we'll we'll go and we'll we'll help you out. Luckily, Baltim is not too interested in books. He was just like, oh, thank God, someone's yeah. asked me to leave. <laughs> um, but yeah, but um, I had had that plan for a while uh, as like mm -hmm. a, a little side quest if they were interested. Um, and I really liked it because I told the players afterwards, uh, it's actually, I, I modified it, but it's one of the new Candlekeep Mysteries um, adventures. I basically oh. just modified it and took it and adapted it for my own game and added a few little changes in there. Um, and then created the map. Uh, but the map was pretty much identical to the one from the Candlekeep Mysteries. So mm -hmm. I was trying to like keep it on the DL because I didn't want, in case any of these guys had read it, I didn't want them to think, oh, I know what this is. I know exactly. So I changed like the secret password. I changed like a few things in the mansion um, and, uh, and obviously upped the uh, challenge rating of some of the stuff mm -hmm. that was in there because, um, because they're not level one, they're, you know, level eight. But, uh, but yeah, it turned out to be really good. I like stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. That's not all about like combat. And this was the first time I actually utilized Roll20's dynamic lighting and like the, mm -hmm. the blockage of, of rooms. And it actually turned out really, really good. So it was exciting for them to move through, but also it wasn't just full of dangers and, you know, fighting every two steps. It was actually a lot of just uh, fun and, you know, shenanigans. Shenanigans and puzzles and a little bit of fine, but not that much. Um, that's actually going to be my um, second question. So you adapted this from a um, from an existing campaign, just sort of like we're like this will fit here. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about like the process of making this fit your your campaign? Like, what did you add? 
um, without spoiling Candlekeep for us too much, I suppose, which is probably thoroughly spoiled if we watch the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was reading through Candlekeep at the time when I was like, kind of figuring out what sort of the next set of places um, the group would be going uh, and trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to give them as potential op- options to do? And I read this one and I was like, this would be great. They want to go to a library. And so I was like, I'm going to sort of adapt the library in Zuma to be very much like Candlekeep. Um, so in Candlekeep, uh, it's a little bit different. In Candlekeep, all you have to do is just bring like like a book. And if they see that it's a book that they don't have, um, they will take it and that will get, get you entrance uh, to um, the interior and then once you're in there it's like it's like its own fortress almost in the in the, the, the books and this is not spoilers this is just like really easy lore that you read about but basically you stay within the walls and you can you know research to your heart's content and then when you leave if you want to come back you have to rebring something that they um they don't have and it's all about books for them I kind of adapted it and made it like, well, it could be books, but it could also be like really interesting magical artifacts or information that they maybe don't have that they want to make available to the world. Um, and I linked it to sort of Ayun because in my world, Ayun is um, the the matron of sort of like knowledge and uh, magic and um, and uh, sort of um, breaking away from like secretive secretive information and stuff like that and, and bringing it to the masses. Mm-hmm. So I, I made that as part of like the entrance. And then, and then I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. So I can still have sort of the main sort of story of this, but I have to change a few things as to like how it ties into the rest of the world, what this magic is, some of the things they find in there uh, and how they tie back in. Um, and so uh, I did, obvi- like I said, I obviously had to scale it up slightly because, um, you know, most of the stuff, uh, in the Candlekeep one is all for like levels one to three or something like that. So it's really meant to be like for level one players to go through and I think level up to like two or three by the end. Um, and so, uh, and so I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll make it fun and we'll tie it into who this mage is in my world. And, and who knows, they may meet her someday. Maybe not. It's, it's all different. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Be excited if they do. Um, so the, the party actually did not spend that long in the mansion. It only took them uh, a, an episode to get all the way through. Was there anything that they missed that you had yep. prepared? So if if you uh, if you remember, at the end, I think they had like five or six of the letters. Yes, six of the letters. Sure. Yeah, so, so there We're was one. <clears throat> yeah, there was one yeah. more area that they just didn't get to. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, that, uh, they just missed c- due to like investigation checks and stuff like that. And then kind of like moving through pretty quickly in some, uh, in some areas. Um, but, uh, majority they got, there was just like a couple of things mm-hmm. and the most important things they, they figured out. Yeah. But yes, there was areas that they missed. Well, some secrets we'll never know. <laughs> Sad. Um, Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about an interesting conversation that happened um, when you're in kind of that 
little mini shop with that guy whose name I'm forgetting, unfortunately. That's a cool little shop. Um, but there's an inter interesting discussion about the value of life, where I feel like a couple of the characters, um, yeah. it was funny, but I feel like a couple of the characters have showed like their different perspectives on just stuff in general. Um, so Perry took one side, Baltimore and Cynric, though, pointed out a couple of things, one of them being that maybe with the fate of the world being in balance, you shouldn't be assuming that you'll live to retire. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of want to know, are your characters assuming that you will die? Like in in the fulfillment of this big quest to save the world? No, uh, I, I'm not assuming that, you know, uh, I'll die. But in the scope of things, um, I am assuming that failure means death. So. Mm -hmm. If, you know, death is the terms for failure, any time that you buy is good time. So who cares if you shave like, you know, five or 10 years off in the scheme of buying another 30, if that makes sense. And that's kind right. of how I look at it. And right. it goes the same with everything. If we fail, it's not just, you know, me being greedy and getting 10 extra years for myself, but, you know, look at all the years you get for everyone else as well. Mm -hmm. Right. I think um, that's a similar approach Baltim had. Um, there's, I mean, Baltim's a, a man of chance. There's a, like, Dobby is not with us. There's a very visible and tangible chance that we will die and we will not make it past this journey. So he's like, um, death is always, death is literally always on the table. So it's like, mm -hmm. even if I do survive this, he, he understands, like, ultimately, and whatever I do, the ending goal, the end goal in life is to die. The end goal in life is always death. Um, so there's all there's just the his his thought process is that um, if I if I can do what I want to achieve um, in my life, short life period, um, death is the ultimate reward usually for most people. You know, it's it's just that's just what happens. You try to improve and do what you can while you are living and when you, if you can't, that's just something's something can't be achieved. But you know, you what is the saying? You shoot for the stars and hope for the moon. You know, so you just kind of take that approach. Is that? I, I think it's the other way around. Shoot for the moon and hope for the stars. Yeah. For the stars. Okay. Yeah, we well, shoot for the moon if you even if you miss to land among the stars. But stars, yeah. So you know, he 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 knows that if uh, he can, you know, do some of the you know, half of the things he wants to mm -hmm. do, it's that's a, a life well accomplished, no matter what uh, happens in the end. Mm -hmm. And Balsam has kind of a connection with death being True. tied with the Raging Queen. So I just thought that was very interesting. Um, so I, I was gonna say, I, I think the, I, I have a different approach, but even getting to the same outcome, whereas, mm -hmm. and you know, the question is kind of what is worth dying for and trying to figure that out. So, I mean, I, I think that's kind of where I come from, whereas Baltim's like death is almost like a, Val, a Valhalla type approach to it, whereas <laughs> death is your reward for living a good and prosperous life. It's also the reward for living a bad life. Well, I mean. How come neither of you uh, offered up your... Uh... I didn't mean an axe. <laughs> because I already have two things up against my, um, I, I don't know necessarily my soul, but. If you offered them for up. the armor, I would probably took in the armor. You could have haggled. Yep. Maybe. So I, Maybe. I, until I find out 
Yeah, more. You know, I I don't think I have any chips. Those, those are very very with. good items. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but what you were trading for them? But expensive. Yeah. Quite expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I you know we all got that mark against us as far as you know, Theris Dune. That's why I was like, but... as a DM, I was like, I'm willing to give these up if they are willing to give something for it. Like yeah. they're going to make them yeah. really strong, but it's probably I... going to take its toll. I also, I had a very, like, hard thought process of taking the armor, but I was like, it's, it kind of, it was too soon, you know what I mean? Like, it was too soon of being, like, back to, like, literally just talking to yeah. Avandra and saying, yeah, like, would have been a very instantly. interesting exchange. And so he's like, he's like, damn it. He's was like, I know I want to do armor? this. Was that the a part perception? of your life, I think? It was, it was no, like, that was the uh, axe. The axe was the life. That was the axe. Uh, okay. The axe was life. Uh, the uh, the we did it like was energy, energy, energy and the other energy. thing was your uh, um your pet, no yours your, was your, your awareness. Pettiness. Yours was your awareness. I think the the armor was gonna be your your awareness of the things around oh, you. I thought the other one. Oh, uh, you probably would have lost an eye or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, one was awareness. One was like energy. Uh, and the other one was life. Yeah, it was life. Mm-hmm. It what makes you get up in the morning. I think that was the energy one. I think it was the the other than the life. I think the other ones were too like. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if the energy risky. one was like hit points or constitution because I think it was one of them. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yes. you know, you, never know. you like might said, know, I, you might run to that guy. We yeah. might. I might. We might. I might be like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's it. go. Give me Let's that. Just do it. Give me that dragon scale. Like, hey, world yep. ending. I mean, world until ending. I figured out what's going on with me, I, I don't think I'm willing to make that bargain yet. Mm. And no, my luck, I'm I'm chasing in circles. I mean, you're already uh, your character's already wrong. quite old too, so uh, aging yeah. up might not be so great for him. Yeah. And, and not only yeah. that, you know, even with the situation with Oriana, supposedly there was something I gave up that nothing has come to light with that yet. Yeah, so it's like. Know. I'm at two for two that I know nothing about. Let's not make it three for three. <laughs> yeah, Beltane recently had a little uh, kerfluffle with his stuff yeah. at the temple. So you've all got a lot of claims on you. Yeah, yeah. Blue beans. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, um, so even though this was mostly uh, kind of like a puzzle exploratory episode, you did have a couple of little fights, like little short ones. Um, so I wanted to talk about the ghost fight which i thought was funny with the little poltergeist that poor ghost that poor ghost uh, talk to me about finding this ghost though well the ghost wasn't out to do anyone harm it was just out to have a good time i mean aren't we all you know well, it's a little uh, it prince. did drop a bookcase on mary <laughs> well it, it didn't, didn't, didn't do any oh, damage. Okay, I mean, okay okay that's fair yeah it, it was just you know it's one of those where it's like it, that's the equivalent of laughing when your friend trips and you fall, you know, they fall down. <laughs> yeah. and laugh. I mean, it's like, it's more of an annoyance than yeah, like as a, a prankster. Threat. Yeah, yeah. I, I was struggling with that fight because I was trying to. I, my I first went to do darkness, but I realized like I was like I was in a weird place in the in the turn order, and it was mm-hmm. like if I did darkness right at that moment, I think it would have like basically could have like fucked up I think everyone the whole else. room like, would have been dark yeah yeah, yeah it would have yeah. been and so i was like i was like oh i mean it was kind of good that it went off in the hallway yeah. right right and like that was my mindset i was like just trying like how can i like do something that's not like gonna like necessarily hurt it but not necessarily like you know well i like, could stop it or could like 
I could like use as a prank. And then, so I was mm-hmm. like trying to figure out um, like other ways to just like trying to attack it. So I, I, I like didn't use Eldritch Blast. I was trying to use like di- a different can- like cantrip to like do something else. And like, luckily it, Chill Touch didn't hurt it. So, um, cause I really didn't, I didn't, wasn't really trying to get it to hurt it really, but I was trying mm-hmm. to like do something. Trying to hinder it, yeah. Like yeah, hinder yeah. it or like, you know, motivate it to like, oh, like you want to play pranks, like you play pranks type of thing. So uh, I think that worked pretty well. I think Simric, with Simric's help with the potion kind of like helped twist it into a different like encounter, I think. Yeah, that was um, yeah. a creative idea with the potion. Um, Simric's been on kind of a diplomacy kick lately. <laughs> which, I mean, not everything has to be solved by fighting. Yeah, yeah. it's just an interesting um, attitude for like a barbarian and even a soldier to have. So. I mean, well, I mean, I don't think it would be that out of line for a soldier in all actuality, because I mean, not everything is worth the effort of fighting, so, especially if it can be solved without it. I mean, what, why waste the energy towards, you know, a fight when you don't need to? And Cynric's already always been pretty even-tempered comparatively. Mm-hmm. Like, he rages when he needs to, but he kind of knows, like, when the moment calls for it and when it doesn't. I loved it, to be honest. Like, I love that. That's my, like, favorite part of D&D is when... Uh, honestly that was just meant to be like an actual encounter and i was like it's going to be over in like a round um unless the ghost manages to possess someone and then they have to like <laughs> kick it out and then like figure stuff out but um but it was meant to be like a hostile encounter and it was never meant to like cause any serious harm to the party like it's a right. challenge rating like three something like they were gonna take it out yeah but when a, a group does something fun I'm going to roll with it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you want to, you want to, you know, uh, go after it? Sure. Like you want to play pranks with it? Sure. Like let's, let's have fun. Um, yeah. and it turned into trade like, it. yeah. And it turned into like a really fun, uh, encounter where all the players were like thinking outside of the box and not just trying to like, just outright fling all of their spells and, and damage it. And I, I love that. So I love going along with that. I want to know what happens to the poor guard that tries to drink that love potion next to it. <laughs> or or uh, when the ghost pours it into someone's drink unknowingly. Yeah. <laughs> and the ghost is just going to be like in the kitchen, like just, oh, poor kid. Yeah, the Corey next guest. They're going to get slammed. Kim and Coriander were such a treat. I love them. Yeah, they're they're going to be so sad. They're going to be like, no. No, we didn't not, do it. That's not me. I, <laughs> it's not what just told me to so. oh, but, you know, it, it's that also uh element of chaos that just is yeah kind of that fun. we that we that we inbreed that one of chaos Love it. it is nice when you find a chaos. use for an item that you know you, you really didn't think you were going to have a use for right because i mean yeah. when i snagged that item my whole intention was to you know just sneak it at one of the party members drinks at some point when we're not <laughs> i mean I, your own I have, party members <laughs> You know, it would just be fun. I, I have sleight of hand proficiency, so I mean, no, I'm as long as I don't do it to parry, I mean, it, yeah, it should be fine. Yeah. Well, if you did do it to parry, though. I, you know, I would have to roll higher than a two, which doesn't seem like True, yeah. Experience should be perceptive. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, so all the all the little combat encounters that um, were in the mansion were pretty short. Uh, there's a little bit of a harder one um, later on when you're finding that thing that was 
What was that thing? Toad, the toad gray slad? No. Yeah, the oh, gray slad. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, a that was one, that was protecting honest. one of the books. Um, but I wanted to ask Serenity. So like this, this was mostly a puzzle. Um, big puzzle mansion. But how many of these like little tiny combats did you like lace in? Um, I think there were like three or four. Um, <clears throat> they uh, there was a potential one in the dining room, obviously. Um, with the chair, with the chair, uh, yeah. and with the with the gentleman too, depending on how oh. they did, how they encountered it. You know, like I wasn't sure how they were going to react or or what mm. was going to be said. So um, there's always a potential that the party goes after an NPC randomly that you put in there, and you're like, okay, this could potentially be a combat encounter. Um, it's happened already. Exactly. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, there was I think like three to five different ones. Again, it wasn't meant to be. It was mostly meant to be fun discovery and uh, and mostly like RP and them getting a chance to like really um, investigate and use a map to investigate. Because like I said, mm-hmm. I, I have this is the first time I got to use like actual dynamic lighting, so they didn't know what was behind stuff, and but they could actually visualize it with um, with the map. Um, and so it was meant to be more fun around that and around the RP aspect. But yeah, I had a, a few, but none of them were gonna be. Like there was no real boss, like no boss battle or anything like that mm. for this quest. Nothing that was going to be hard. And the the um the map was so small that it wasn't meant like they were never going to find like a mob of enemies that's going to like there was nowhere to put them. So it's like you know they were going to find most of these things were going to be things that would make them go like uh and be like okay I got to deal with this <laughs> like, oh. and then more figure out like why is that here? How does that tie in? Mm-hmm. Like what why is this creature here? Um, and so it was more like to tie in with the, the story than to, you know, be a difficult battle. I think there was like actually one battle, like one encounter they missed that, uh, would, would have been a, a, a really hilarious one, but it, you know, it just didn't make it in. Oh, would they have fought the fairy dragons if they had So they are potential, to... I mean, if you want, you can attack them. Um, and obviously for, um, for a, uh, for a party uh, that's like level one, those things can actually be super serious because yeah. if they, they're the the wisdom save is like pretty high for a level one party, it's like a thirteen wisdom or something like that, um, which for level one is tough to hit. Um, and so uh, if your whole party is confused and being like forced around the map, like just wandering and like doing stupid shit, that can get pretty frustrating for a party, and it might be something that they like oh, yeah. attack and try to get rid of. Um, mm-hmm. And so it is a potential encounter. But mostly they're just, they were just meant to be mischievous. They're like chaotic good creatures, I think, or chaotic neutral. I think so, so they're yeah. Not, they're not meant to be like... They're not like bird Malicious, yeah. yeah. They're just, they're mischievous. Fun. It seemed like um, they were just there as pets, to be honest. Yeah, for yeah like, you know, that's, a good I mean, they are her, yeah, they're part of her menagerie kind of thing, but, I, you know, I think for, like I said, for a level one party, if you're stuck and you can't get out... Right. You're yeah. gonna start flinging spells or flinging using your weapons because you're gonna be yeah. like, uh, "We'd like to leave this room, please." <laughs> I, I, think, like, I think that's the approach we kind of took too. Like, like I think at least for Baltim, at least he was like, "We're in someone's like house, so like mm-hmm. we should try to do the least amount of like messing thing, like we messing with things everything. that we yeah. can. Like, like that ghost could probably be here for a reason. Like, we don't want to, you know, mess with this. But like this demon thing, probably not cool that it's attacking us." Uh, so kill it you know the dragons seem like pets so probably just you know deal with them in a different way than trying to attack it that's kind of like the approach that I've like had for Baltaim at least mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. Not because you guys did. Yeah. The chain, the chain book library was also essentially. Oh, library. right. I remember that. Yeah. That's awesome. why he was like, nah. Yeah. Uh, no one took like it. Someone... Which I was like, oh, this is nice. This is good. They're learning. They are learning. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. He's like, this seems Tempting? like someone's, someone's personal, like, do not touch. Yeah. <laughs> so his like, you know what? I'm <laughs> not going to touch this one. Chained for a reason. Baltimore was like his, one of his best behavior you. that day. He was on his best mm -hmm. behavior that day. Baltimore was on very good behavior. Next day, who maybe knows? he's learning. Who knows? We'll Next day, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, he'll have it. He'll have a cheat day soon. Yeah, we yeah. Need, you need a cheat day. Everyone needs a cheat day. Right. See, I, uh, I wish we'll I see called how Andre deals with that. You. So you think? The whole week. <laughs> I wish I caught on to that statue at the very beginning, but it wasn't until like the mm. end of the night that it's like, oh, yep, that that happened. Yeah, I think me and you had the same. Was like when she said statue, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I think I said a lot, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, That's yeah. tough. It's tough, man. Uh, yeah. So you guys did manage to escape the mansion, making pretty good time. Um, it only took a week. It only took a week, yeah. Well, a good time by your time. It only took like <laughs> yeah. a day. <laughs> a day in game for you. But yeah, um, you came out to find the poor Caffrey had been dead for a week and that you guys had been in the mansion for a week. Um, must have been kind of jarring. I mean, I don't think it was that jarring because if I remember correctly, we did learn that um, not only that there was the... Uh, kind of like plain hidden in the library, mm -hmm. but that it also had a weird effect on time. Did I think learn we learned that, that as well. Um, I believe we did. We I don't we had the hints because I I think and I and we talked to Serenity about it after the game. Like there were so mm -hmm. many like there were like subliminal hints that we kind of like just never picked up on because like like um and I think it, for me at least I was like because it was just like oh I don't. I, when I when I heard about it, I think I don't think I made a connection that Caffrey was the same person that was missing from like Oriana's thing. That's mm -hmm. why I think I didn't make this, the connection. I was like, it's been a week, but it's like, but it's been like he's been since he's been gone for like a day. It's like, wait, hold on. I think that's the only reason I didn't make that connection. But like, there was mm -hmm. like a lot of like hints of like there was gonna be yeah. some kind of dilation. Right. Yeah, and he never specifically yeah. asked him. So like when he said when they when they asked, well, what have you been doing? He was like, well, I've been trying this for a half an hour. They're like a half mm -hmm. an hour, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I was searching, and now I came back. The door closed because it only op stays open on the one side for forever, and I've been trying for a half an hour. Meanwhile, and, and that tracks, guy, I mean... when they when they learned about this person, he's been gone for I think at that mm -hmm. point it was like half a week or something like that. It was like four, yeah. four or five days. Um, yep. and so and so I I remember Sinric being like half an hour, and then he and then he kind of said." yeah i've been just here for a half an hour like in front of this door uh i've been i've been searching but no one actually pressed him and said like right. how long have you been oh, searching, searching. Like, how yeah. long did, how long have you been in yeah. the mansion in total no one asked him that mm -hmm. and so had they have they would have been like wait a second you're you only I mean, said you've been here stuff. two hours I, I didn't think to ask because no. it wouldn't be like weird to say like have oriana disappear for four days into a library and never see her no, no, I, I get it. So, but that's, I'm saying, had they had you have, you would have put that together a lot sooner and probably been like, oh, yeah, there's something mm -hmm. weird going on here. Well, I mean, yeah. we're in a plane inside of a library. I mean, we passed yeah. weird a while ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was At fun some point. Yeah, we just got to admit weird is normal, and it's mm -hmm. like we're not phased by seeing weird crap. I mean, it's D and D. Like you have to get 
used to it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, when you go into a town and nothing's wrong, and then it's like, you're like, okay, um, wait, hold on. Something's wrong here. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that is quite town. You're like, this. <laughs> yeah. There, someone's like, mind controlling all. Someone's there's, mind controlling yeah, there's all like a holder. Wait, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's turning into a giant colossal monster. There's no it's plague not. happening. I mean, like, guys, we need to leave. Yeah, here. something's not good. <laughs> Uh, that should be a really fun, scary side quest, like the village where nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> and literally, it's nothing wrong. And the entire session, the entire session is the group trying it's just to the find party something driving wrong. themselves crazy. And then at yeah. the end, they just leave and they like turn to the DM and they're like, "Okay, so really, like, we couldn't figure it out, but like, what was like, wrong? God, there was nothing wrong. No, just, there was exactly. nothing wrong. It's just a normal village. Just a normal that village. would be like a paranoia session. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah." If I, there'd be all these like little hints that would make you think there's something wrong. Be like, oh, is this a clue? But it's not. No. <laughs> it would be gar- someone left their garbage line. there, or like, oh, it's just a cat uh-huh. jumping out from like a bin or whatever. <laughs> that's just a weird. We gotta follow the cat. It's someone. It's that. That's a. Oh, that's that a cat. Knows cat. Something. <laughs> just a weird circumstance of events that all kind of like mm-hmm. correlate and could be looked uh, at as. Now I have ideas. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that'd be really funny. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> That'd be a really good Halloween session. Oh my god, it would. Yeah. Okay, um, okay, okay. Uh, one more question before we move on. So, um, you guys did manage to snag yourselves a library card. Is there anything that, like, Cindric and Ball still need to research? Because I think you did a lot of the research that you had meant to already. I think a little bit, but like... A little bit. Very little bit. What's a little bit? Um, Baltine's still kind of interested in learning more about the Raven Queen. Mm-hmm. Um. Other than that, I think um, he's a little. He's still interested in learning, or he still needs to do some research on the um, his vision mm-hmm. he saw. Um, but those are kind of only two things he's kind of really interested in. Um, he figures the group will have their uh their thoughts onto the things that are like kind of grouply like wholly affect mm-hmm. us and he's not like he's not against helping towards that but he's like only like personally for him it was going to two things like he has on his like his mind right now yeah i mean i got more information than i intended from the library but it's like it's a library it's a library yeah my, there. My, my character's not exactly the most interested in reading about books and reading about other things but like I said, I, I did get more information than, you know, I intended, such as about um, uh, uh, Wakar, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, the whole incident with other people surviving. And, you know, so, it, yeah, it did have its fruits, but just not a See, library person. We're not the knowledge dudes. Yeah, you are the bookie <laughs> ones. We're, we, we know Practical. which lane we fill, and we fill they're, those They're things. not the lore hunters. Yeah. No. Even though like I'm like super interested in like the lore, but I, like it's just like a character choice. That like character, I can't yeah. I can't yeah. ask like, oh man, what is this? And I'm like I'm like, hey, someone asked about this, like the blood, the blood, blood <laughs> hemomancy. Like someone asked about that. I want to know. Please. Like, hey, can somebody ask this question? Oriana, can Oriana ask this question? Oriana, you like weird stuff. Ask about that. You know, I mean, we we found a king. I mean, some of us met a king or a monarch, I should say. I mean, so that was fun to learn about that. I mean. You know, yeah, there there were things to, you know, that were legit, like, fun in the library. 
Yeah. I feel like I feel like Sinark and, and Baltine aren't like against learning knowledge. We're just not like seekers of knowledge, you know. What I mean? Exactly. They're jocks, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> <they're> jocks. <laughs> I mean, I, I still got more things on my plate to figure out. Like uh-huh. um, at some point I'm gonna need to learn more about cord in general and what cord mm-hmm. is about, but I'm still kind of teetering on this fence, like, you know, do I wanna follow a god? I mean, what why is it this one? Why have you mm-hmm. know it's like why is he taking an interest? As, yeah. Not not just why is he taking an interest, but why is, you know, like my family taking an interest? Why is why has that been I, I've never questioned it. It's just kind of like an assumed role. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where it's like, okay, I've been through all this crap. Um, what's the point of, you know, offering blessings to someone when it's done through, you know, the, that that point of a bad existence? Um, so it's one of those where my character still doesn't necessarily warm up to the idea of Mm -hmm. being not necessarily on their side if that makes sense but i just need to learn more and i've been putting it off yeah so sins on the fence yeah so it's not like i deny they exist like you know some of our party members have um even to their faces (laughs) denied they exist but you know you have received boons though and help and and met them and met them so i mean i know they exist it's just like there's everything i've seen it's not like they're the best characters in the world (laughs) so as far as in character Mm -hmm. like i i would rather rely yeah i i would rather rely on our little group than i would on some of the gods at this point based on just the sole interactions that we've had friendship of a religion um (laughs) Uh, the fine, the final conflict. Anyway, um, <laughs> the paper they... idea did reveal some good stuff. So I mean, mm-hmm. there you go. Lovely. Okay, um, we're going to move on to our topic for today, which is immersion, um, which I feel like is kind of the like the flow equivalent for gaming, if that makes sense. Um, so we're going to start as we often do by defining a term. So what does immersion mean in the context of D and D? how drawn in you are to a particular storyline um yeah i would say something loosely to that like how drawn in you are to the setting or what like the uh, how drawn in you are in this like this moment i guess because it's kind of hard to be immersive all a game but you know Mm -hmm. how drawn you in like that moment Yeah, I mean, to be immersed is to uh, feel like you're actually a part of the yeah. world or a part of something. So, um, how 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 well you can make your players feel like they are these characters and they are actually going through the motions, the emotions, and um, the reality that that their characters are facing. Awesome. Yeah, I've always heard immersion. Um, sort of described as like the world falling away and you concentrating purely on the the game. And this can be for like video games, it can be for movies. I think D&D is actually a harder game to get immersed, immersed, in, immersed, 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 yes, immersed. immersed. Thank you. <laughs> no, immersed. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Immersed, immersed okay. in, yes. Yep. 
Okay, to get immersed in, I got there eventually, because it can be very technical sometimes, and there are stops and starts and roles, and you have to look up the rules sometimes, um, but I think, like, when you, when you do get that moment where, like, you honestly do forget that you're not, like, facing a dragon, that is magical every time. Um, awesome. So, first question, um, as DMs, we're gonna look at this from both like a DM and a player uh, perspective. How do you create a sense of immersion? Like, because you are kind of fighting against a lot of the mechanics of the game. How do you overcome that to create something where the players are, you know, kind of forgetting that they're not their characters and that they're not doing these things? Well, you have to take out that good old imagination brush. And I mean, use your uh, adjectives to paint that wonderful picture so that when you do up. close your eyes, yeah, it, I mean, I, I hate to draw on that analogy, but you kind of have to. Um, if you don't have a visual representation of the world you're trying to create, you have to be literally as descriptive as possible mm -hmm. with, you know, it, as much to give your players a picture of what you're doing. And we've even seen in this game the same, you know, description we've all kind of generated our own like visual of what that is and sometimes we're all on different pages when it comes to certain descriptions but that that's the point of it i mean we, we have that image of what we're seeing basically that's being described to us so i mean good use of adjectives yes yeah. yeah adjectives uh, descript descripting descriptive words help um i like to um Personally, well, again, I feel like this is our saying. It all depends on what your play, who your players are, because mm -hmm. uh, some players just aren't like you know those. They aren't like like they don't do that. They're just like, here's my numbers, here's my thing. I roll dice, and that's my thing. You know, I'm here just for some, the pretty clicky players, rocks, <laughs> right? Um, but I think for me, um, I think it's having understanding of your players and what emotions you can draw, like how you can draw certain emotions from people. Um, if you know, um, like for example, like you have like, if you're playing with teachers, like they have a connection with kids, um, like having an emotional level with like trying to protect a, like a young village or something like that, like a young kid in a, like a fire, like that drawing mm -hmm. emotions really help kind of like bring like your brain into like this this player this character's brain and like like i like have this need to protect kids or this kid or protect this this thing i have or you know the drawing on emotions i think um is a good way to get that immersion going on um for me if you know the players for me at least mm -hmm. that helps that's so, really so interesting right. actually <laughs> Your idea is to be an evil manipulator mastermind, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I just would be like, okay, so we have adjectives, we have manipulate your players' emotions based on what you know about them in real life, which honestly is a very interesting advice, which I have not heard before. Yeah, I mean, Creepy, I, but kind of, I kind of know like the type of players I have in my game. Uh, and I, I mean, we already sat down and talked about like the type of story that we want to tell. Um, and so, uh, I like to, much like novels, uh, use a lot of foreshadowing and have things come back around. And so I will often have things that seem like super inane, for instance, the statue that someone's carrying be like an off comment 
and then come back full circle. Maybe that same session, maybe mm-hmm. 10 or 20 down the line, maybe when you get to another city, um, maybe when you read a different book or something like that. Um, and so I think having ways to tie things in to keep people engaged in listening to information and and really paying attention to it helps immerse people. But also I think just people, like players give you, if they really want to embody their character, they give you a backstory for a reason. So for me, a big part of the immersion is really finding ways to tie what a player has gifted you with into your story because really like the whole idea of storytelling is a gift to people right you are you are gifting one another with with this amazing woven tale that is told by both sides of the fence and so as a dm uh to create this world and have your players play in it but then also take what they've given you and weave it in and for them to know that what they've created is also affecting your world and very heavily entwined in it, I think also helps make them feel like, okay, this is, this is me. Like, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. How do I, how do I deal with this next event? Like I, I have to make a choice here. What am I supposed to do? Like, what do I do? Which choice is right? And is there even a right choice? And what's that going to mean for the future? So I, I I love that kind of stuff. Beans. Um, so we've talked about description quite a bit. Obviously, Serena gets very into her descriptions, beautifully written out, um, often creepy. But I've heard it said um, from people, nobody in this group, but like discussed in D&D circles, that a large chunk of exposition can occasionally like throw players out of the story so how are you able to get like all that description all the mood all the vibes um and all the necessary information to the players without like giving them something that will bore them and possibly get them out of the out of the story i I think music plays a role in that Mm -hmm. to be honest um because music can capture pretty much the mood and the setting of where you're at quicker than any type of description can I mean, when you hear specific sounds and it's just like, okay, um, the music changed, there's a boss battle coming up. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we're in a tavern. This is some lively, fun stuff. We can dance, you know, we can let loose. So I, I think that adds to the whole immersion and kind of like um, creating that not so wordy description of where you're at. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's true. I, I do think that that is true statement there um i think um also um you kind of just gotta know where like pick your spots where to do exposition like lengthy like you know attacks you know after the, the first tavern you could probably go a little bit more like you know you know you know exposition on like what the mm-hmm. but, like the 10th 12th 13th tavern you know there's might be something interesting things that you don't see at like a regular tavern sure and you know have you know, describe those, but like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are similar in a lot of taverns there. So you might don't need to like reiterate, oh, the bar like, stools, like how they look and like, you know what I mean? Like sort of like pick and choose like where you do your exposition, know when like, it's been like the 20th, you know, city. So, you know, there might be some things that they see in the other cities that you won't necessarily mention because, you know, just kind of like, you're kind of like already like, okay, that's probably mm-hmm. there. Mention some things that you probably haven't seen. Yeah. And kind of like, you know, can, you know, shorten it down to like make a concise statement on your as you, you know get further along in your campaign 
Yeah, I think it depends. I think sometimes less is more, right? Um, right. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, there are points where you have to give a description to make sure that players like understand the situation that they're in. But then there are times where like some of the things that I like to do is give like a brief description and pause and mm-hmm. let the players kind of ask a question like, okay, like what's going on with this? Uh, I want to, mm-hmm. I'm looking around the room, give them a chance to like RP and be in the moment and then come back in and say like, okay, so that's what you're doing. Okay. Now I can describe mm-hmm. what you're actually looking for, or, you know, you've, you've walked into this room. Now I can give you a description of like what, what you're actually seeing and, and where you are versus just the atmosphere of like walking through this dark corridor. Like you just give them like, that's the, that's the atmosphere. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm keeping an eye out. Okay. Keep going. And then, then you give, you know, the more um, expositive stuff. I think it, the harder parts is when you're uh, you're in like a heavy part of the story where like they're, you're trying to give a piece of lore that the players need to have mm-hmm. in order to be able to progress further. You can't really not exposition that. You have to. But I think knowing when those moments are and when to gift those to a player uh, versus or to the players themselves versus when it's like let them kind of discover and mm-hmm. only exposit when they're actually specifically doing an action to investigate something or, you know, stealthing forward or whatever it is that they're doing. Because so. yeah. sometimes they'll, like, a player can ask you a question about something that, like, you, like, have the idea of, like, what this thing looks like in your head, but, like, you might not necessarily have the same question that you had, that a player had, and they're like, oh, what would this look like? And you're like, oh, that would look like this. And you kind of give, like, an even, like, better image mm-hmm. for yourself sometimes, too, for, like, what this thing or what you're doing, like, what does this area look like for you? Yeah, and regarding um, what Serenity said about like occasionally necessary lore dumps, I think if the players are like really engaged in the story, then the lore dumps can be really exciting because they're like, oh, this is super cool. It's like when you find a little secret thing in a video game and you're like, oh, I'm actually going to read this whole diary because I think it's really fun and it gives um, context to some of the stuff I've been seeing. Um, awesome. So now from, from the player perspective, like what kind of things make you feel immersed 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 yeah immersed Uh, i say right the first time yeah yeah. for for me uh i super method a lot of my characters Mm -hmm. so when i'm playing i'm in character all the time uh so i'm generally immersed unless a dm really heavily takes if one railroading really uh uh, makes me unimmersed because i do a lot of weird and wacky shit um, a lot of times and like ask to do certain things that I think would be really cool. So like a DM that doesn't allow a little bit of freedom, uh, I have trouble with, uh, and that kind of like takes me out of the game. Constant combat totally breaks. Like you said, like mm-hmm. when I'm rolling stats and stuff like that, yeah, a DM can be as descriptive and like as fun with combat as possible, but there are breaks in combat. Like you gotta wait for the next person to roll their dice, yeah. figure out their action and figure out where they want to move and be strategic about it and like do this. And then you gotta wait for the DM. And like if the DM's running eight monsters because you're a six person party, you gotta wait for all those eight monsters to go. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, like as immersed as you try to be, it is essentially a, a turn-based tactical RPG at that point where you're like figuring out when you're gonna win the combat or if you're gonna lose it. Um, so that generally takes me out. Uh, but yeah, immersion for me is like finding a way to just let me go with the flow and play in the world and just give me descriptions of the things that I'm trying to do and kind of let me freeform it. Mm-hmm. Give me a direction and let me like point myself to where like I need to go uh, with the other players. So 
Yeah. Uh, I think for me, also combat is kind of a hard one to be like immersed in because like I'm I'm like a tactical like like person, so I like to think of like, oh, if this person does this, what am I gonna do? If they, my partner, like my player, like my teammates do this, uh, I can use this to help. Or like I'm like thinking of like 17 different things in my head, trying to like figure out like what like can I do for like the best scenario mm-hmm. to not like fuck up my team and then like you know help and um, the best way I can like to my ability so I think combat's kind of I almost prefer combat to just be like kind of a little bit more straightforward in some some senses so I just don't like have to like add another type of thing on top of that but for me I think um it for me it goes into my, my backstory for me um I always my characters are always a little bit of um some part of me um there's always just this um, element of me that is either raised or lowered to some degree um, and it helps kind of get me into that mind space because I can just kind of go in that place in my mind of like like for like ball team for example like ball team is just like pure like ADD impulse of like myself so it's like all right don't think about what what are you what what's the first thing that comes to your head that's what ball team would do mm-hmm. like so like that's sort of like the 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 like my method of doing it like having a little it's not like it doesn't have to be you as a character because that's also kind of a little weird it gets a little weird that way um because it kind of you kind of don't know where to separate you and the character mm-hmm. but um having like the little element of you in there so it's like when that store like story beat comes up and it's like that's something from like a little personal that you like built that from something personal inside you you're like this automatically just makes more pay you pay more attention to this because it's already this matters way more than than this game now in my head you know what i mean Yeah, I mean, I, as a player, I, I definitely find more satisfaction as far as those uh, story beats that necessarily point to the interest of the character you're playing and allow mm-hmm. you to explore kind of more sides to that, like uh, the quote-unquote bathhouse scenes and things like that, where you have the ability to spend time in character with the party. It just creates like the more immersive sense of, mm-hmm. you know, camaraderie so to speak because i mean D has this weird timeline mechanic where like as players we're stuck together for you know in this case a year but in the timeline of the campaign we've been together for very not months. long time so to speak in the course of things um so it, it gives us those moments to actually sit down and you know be in character with each other and have fun with each other mm-hmm. and those moments of fun are definitely more and more more immersive for me because i mean combat especially with a large group is slow but it's fun because i like numbers so i mean that that's not a big deal um Mm -hmm. but it it gives you a break from digesting and reacting to all the heavy moments and keeps you ingrained into what's going on and allows you to process all those bigger moments that happen Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily like you know central to your character well, although they could be, I mean, it's it's hard to say. It's all up in the air. Um, so jumping off of that, how important are the other player characters to player immersion? Like, what can players do? Not to... at all. No. Not at all. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Fuck the other players. I don't even care about these guys. <laughs> I don't even need PCs in my world. I'm just yeah, all exactly. about my NPCs. I'm just man. It's all about me. <laughs> but you mean you're yeah. not writing a book? Uh, I wish um, I am too, way too lazy to do that. That's why I do D and D, so you guys can help me tell exactly. the story. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, I, you're crowdsourcing. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, 
Oh, oh, go on. oh I, I was gonna say um, it's yeah it's I mean the it's a D and D is like a it's a collaborative storytelling. So like um, my character has changed so much from like what you envisioned because there's other people adding into your story now. And there's other people with their own story and like just just how life is that are coming in and changing and tweaking your story at a constant rate. Like. Mm-hmm you there's a there's a different relationship that me and Cedric have from when we started than when we are now me and Quinn had than when we started and where we are now. It's so it's just a constant like so it's basically someone like coming in and and readjusting your mind frame. And I think it's an important element because it just helps you it helps you be flexible A, but also helps you either reinforce or or like D enforce i don't know if that's the word but i'm gonna use it um (laughs) uh you're like your character and like you're the like the core of your character and and that's a a, uh growth in itself you know if you change your character has changed there's that's growth it can be for good or for bad but that's also some type of growth um so yeah i think that um D&D is, su- is such a special but weird thing because like you're like the, yeah there's other people coming in and like helping like change a narrative or re like write a narrative with you and, it, and it, it's they it's an important element of it. I mean yeah I mean sometimes uh I I, I hate to say this because I'm going to sound horrible but sometimes other player characters definitely matter more in the scope of telling a narrative um that's central to your character and i mean that that's not necessarily always a bad thing because you know just like in real life sometimes you don't always get along with everyone sometimes it's easier to tell one person something you know about how you feel or a way you're thinking and not have them react within a certain way so i mean it's one of those where yeah pcs are important because it will give you a contrast of options as opposed to what's on the table um like for example i mean we were just in the city and talked about drugging a particular person and you had people that were on board and people that were staunchly opposed to that particular action. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it creates that balance of morality amongst different people that sometimes gives you different perspectives and different options as to far as you know what can and cannot be done and how things can be I guess, tackled, and that does kind of leave an impact as far as, like, how your character approaches things and people's things. Yeah, I I mean, obviously, player characters are are super important, but I think there has to be also a contract um, between all of the the players to understand that it is a story for everyone, and so for someone to spotlight or... And and this this is a contract between the players the players themselves mm-hmm. and the players in the DM as well, because the DM also has control of this. Like if a DM is only spotlighting one player all the time and everyone else is like a minor character, that breaks a lot of immersion because people are like, mm-hmm. well, what am I doing here? I'm just sitting here for two and a half hours. I get to say yes to an answer and then I get to roll dice in a combat and that's all I'm useful for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so um, there has to be that sort of understanding of, hey, we're all main characters in this story let us all have our moments and let us all yeah it's an ensemble cast let's all be a part and yeah there should be inter-party conflict conflict just like there is in real life sometimes you and your friends don't get along sometimes you fight 
Um, and then you make up and then, you know, like, or maybe you don't. Um, but I mean, like, there should always be that opportunity for everyone to have a piece mm -hmm. of the action and be a part of the story that's happening. Um, and then every, you know, everyone gets their spotlight moment for when their backstory is playing out or a, a special thing that happens or whatever. But, but I think there has to be that contract between uh, players, DM and, and themselves, because if you don't have that, like there are plenty of times where a single person will take over and then it's not as much fun. And also it, mm -hmm. it's on, it's on the players as well. Like you're choosing to come in and play a game. If all you want to do is spectate and you don't actually want to play, then you should be an audience member be an audience member mm -hmm. yeah um so it's it's expected that if you're coming into the game like you can be quiet and you don't have to be but you should engage in some way because otherwise mm -hmm. you're just the the dwarf fighter that we rely on in battle and we never talk to you about anything because you're just quiet in the corner all the time and don't don't want to interact with us so we just use you as like a chess piece in our battle and that's not so much fun so so yeah i think there yeah. has to be that contract to keep everyone yeah. immersed I mean, yeah, I think it. Oh, sorry. I was saying, like, take Balta in for them. He's like a very like supportive, like, like mm -hmm. under character. Like, if you think about it, Grant, like writing wise, how he wouldn't like he he himself probably wouldn't like take lead or anything. But like, he's a very like supportive like cast character. But like, he like makes a lot of impact. He does like mm -hmm. just like he makes the decisions and stuff. But like, he's like you wouldn't like necessarily like say like oh this is solely focused on him. He he, he would probably not even want to be it solely focused on him. No, and you, but you still find your moments to talk to right, other members of the party sign, and yeah, have a conversation exactly. with Sinric. Sinric's not yeah. this big, like, you would think he would be because he's like right. this big dude, but he is more of a quiet character, but he still has his really introspective moments with people like Perry or Quinn or whoever, where he, right. he doles out a piece of wisdom that you're like, oh, that's really, really great. And he's had some of these great moment, moments creating those rocks for the entire group. Like, that's a great moment for, for Sinric and the group. And, and so I, I think it's, like, important that even if you're more of, like, sitting in the background a lot of the time, you still have your moments to shine and, and, and show why you are such an integral member of the group. That's yeah. kind of why I like, you know, playing the role of, um, a, 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 I want to say, a strictly melee class that really doesn't have many proficiencies or abilities outside right. of combat. Because I mean, it, it creates, to, yeah. To I mean, you, you know, you, you don't want to rely on just combat every time, although, yeah. Plus, it's more interesting as far as a dynamic. It kind of breaks that norm. Exactly. Interesting thoughts all around. Um, okay, and that does bring us to our time. Because I had a couple of questions which we did manage to get to, but oh well. Uh, we wasted with me trying to pronounce words, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine, you've all forgiven me already. You'll, you'll have forgotten about it by next week. Um, anyway, thank you uh, to everyone who's watching for tuning in uh, on another lovely Tuesday evening. I hope you're staying cool wherever you are. We've got heat wave over here on the West Coast again. Um, it sucks, but it's fine, we're, we're coping, it's cool, it's whatever. Um, thank you to my wonderful guests. Uh, this is a great discussion. You're always all a joy to have on the show. Um, or, or terrible to have on the show. Yeah, wonderful and mediocre Khalil. Don't forget. Yeah, as Khalil um, as would prefer, you are all terrible. I never want to see you again. Now he's, he's banned. <laughs> he won't be on for the next uh, three months, guys. So yeah, sorry. Yeah. Tuesdays just opened up. Good, good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can do other stuff on Tuesday. Okay, um, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you to Sunburn and Lady Ems for doing our 
um, doing our music and our intro card. Um, check out our Twitch. We've got some of our old videos up as well as Serenity streaming a few video games. That's always fun to watch. Um, check out our Discord. We have memes mostly. Mostly we have memes on Discord, but if you're looking for D&D memes, we have a lot of them. Um, check out our Patreon. Thank you to Guardian, I believe, who is our currently who's our first patron and they're oh, wow. gonna get yeah they're gonna get some cool stuff we post um we post behind the scenes stuff we post cosplay um we'll come up with some other rewards <laughs> it's mostly behind the scenes stuff and cosplay right now um and tune in, tune in on friday uh for whoever happens after the mansion um and tune in next tuesday for talking about whatever happens after the mansion and have a great night guys yeah Peace. thanks Good night.